first, and let's go ahead and get close to God. Is that okay? Amen. Amen. You, can, you can be seated, but why don't you just lift your hands toward heaven right now and just tell God, Lord, we long to be close to you today. God, we want to leave behind the things that, that have held weight on us all week, God. We're leaving behind the, the worries right now, Lord. We believe you're going to lift up burdens off of people this morning. Amen. We long to be on the other side of the tabernacle where we have met your presence and we can speak to you, speak to you what our issues are and you can speak back to us and speak into our lives. We want you to move in this house this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. If you would, get out your apostolic study Bible and turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. And we apologize, we don't have uh, the scriptures on the screen, at least for a moment, because we have our discipleship class going on in the back, and we're operating on one computer, and they have to use it back there until we come back out here. And so, in your bulletin, if you've got a bulletin, scriptures are in there. If you don't have a bulletin, wave your hand. Brother Wilson, can you take care? We're completely out of bulletins. Well, brother, I'll tell you what. Maybe somebody, yeah, there we go. Share with you. All right, good deal. Now, we're jumping into teaching this morning. We've been in kind of a series talking about a few different types of things in the church. And, and today we're going to talk about the title is The Gifts of Ministry. And we're going to stick really with this, uh, this Ephesians chapter 4 and go through that for a moment. I want to say at the outset that uh, we appreciate all of our visitors that are here. Thank y'all for coming. Amen. And we, we live stream our services. You can go back and watch. Uh, if, if you miss something, you want to hear something again, and we have a podcast too. And uh, I would also say to anybody listening to that, it feels a whole lot better inside over here. So come be with us. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to start with verse 7. And this is not maybe one of the most quoted sets of Scripture in the whole Bible. Now, if you look just before verse 7, if you want to look ahead of that in your Bible, you're going to, you're going to see something that's, that's quoted a lot. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. You hear that quoted a lot, but a lot of times we stop right after that. And there's, this is some crucial Scripture that Paul wrote to his church. And so we're going to start with verse 7, and it says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So this is speaking of Jesus. When Jesus ascended, there was a point where he ascended into heaven. And he distributed at that point gifts into humanity. Now when we say gifts, what does that mean? Gifts in the Spirit. He gave the ability, we read of gifts of the Spirit in our Bible, the gift of faith, the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, all these different things he dispersed at that moment because we know that the veil had been torn in the tabernacle. We have access to the Holy Ghost as people did not in the Old Testament. And now we can boldly walk into the throne room of God. We don't have to 
talk to Aaron and his sons as they go in. We can go in ourselves this morning into the presence of God. Amen. And there are gifts that he's distributed to every person. And so it goes on to say, now this is important too, verse 9, Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he descended and he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he took them out of Satan's hands and he defeated that for everybody. And then he ascended. And this is really the core of what we want to get to this morning, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he do it? Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. Why did he do it? For the work of the ministry. Why did he do it? For the edifying of the body of Christ. Amen. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. He wants us to get to that point one day where we're like him. And this is his process for doing that. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. And I, I like this verbiage, and cunning craftiness. Anybody know some cunning crafty people? <laughs> Whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body and to the edifying of itself in love. There are some parts of the world, Brother Mark Harris, when he preached here, he talked a little bit about it. He's been in Asia a lot. There are some parts of the world where their traffic, they have signs, they have lights, they have police, they have uh, lines in the road, and they've got everything just like us for the most part. Yet, when they come to a stop sign or a stoplight, they have no reverence for any other life but their own. And they will bust through that light and they will go on and cut you off. They don't care if you get in a wreck. And th this is some countries in our world. They just don't enforce the law quite like they do here. And you can get killed very easily because the truth of it is these people believe that they're going to be reincarnated. They believe that when they pass away, it's not, you know, it's not really that big deal. They're going to come back, you know. Don't know who or what you'll be, but they'll be back. So, you know, it doesn't matter much if I cut them off go off into a ditch or if I do you know so there's not a whole lot of reverence for life uh, in our world in general there is less of a uh, reverence for life some measure life by productivity and have they met the quota how successful are they in their career uh, some measure life by the possessions that we've gained how much we've attained in the process of our life. What's our worth and value? But the scripture tells us that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. God places 
great value on people. He's, it's his creation. It's not just to you. You look at somebody as maybe just another person you don't really know. But God sees them as something that he's formed. The Bible says that he knew you and formed you even in the womb. And he placed a value on you. And he cares about you. And he knows who you are. He already knew your name. And Jesus said, Fear ye not, therefore ye are of more value than my sparrows. In, Mark, in Matthew chapter 10. And God placed so much value on people that he created. That he said, there's going to come a point where I'm going to give them gifts. And I'm going to place my spirit in them to such a point that they're going to be able to use these gifts as I did when I walked on the earth. That's a God that cares. Yes, amen. That's a God that loves his creation and places a value. He entrusts us to have some of the gifts, the abilities, and the things that he did walking on the earth. That's a big responsibility. But he's distributed gifts. And with those gifts come an opportunity to change the world. And what is the church if our goal is not to change the world? How are we going to do that but by the gifts of God? There is nothing that Ryan LaRue can do in this world that's really going to change it past Judgment Day. Unless I operate for the march and the gifts that he's given. That's exactly right. Amen. Okay? Amen. I can solve world hunger. Won't do a thing for their souls necessarily. I can make sure that there is no longer any disease in the world. But there's still a disease of sin. Yes. That somehow is going to have to be figured out. How else are we going to do that but by the gifts that God has placed in us? Yes. So God's distributed gifts to his church. And we've got to use that to affect <laughs> our world. Now let me step back for just a minute. And say that everybody... Every person, not just the pastor, the preacher, has gifts that God has given them. That's right. I want you to, to just indulge me for a moment. I like interactive preaching, okay? I want you to point at yourself. You, I have gifts that God has given me. That ought to excite somebody. Amen. Beyond, I'm not talking about just talent, okay? God gives that type of thing. Yes, I thank God. God, you know, that, that he somehow distributed the gift to be able to play some music in my life. I thank the Lord for that, and that's great. Yes. You know what? He's also given that to people who are making all kind of money and, and living for everything else but God in this world. They've got a gift of music. Well, congratulations. But I'm talking about some spiritual gifts today. I'm talking about something deeper that God has put in everybody. And he's distributed them. Maybe right now you can't identify what that is. Maybe right now you think, well, you know, I'm not a preacher. You know, I'm not a, I don't see myself as a teacher. Don't worry about that for just a minute. We're going to go through some scripture. But I'm telling you, God has gifts in your life. Now, this scripture that talks about apostles, pastors, evangelists. This is really important. Okay, I want you to hear this. 
there was a point in the movement of the church. Now, we, we're apostolic, okay? We're apostolic. Everybody know what that means? Any, can anybody, I know this is not typical for, for Sunday morning, but can somebody tell me just really what apostolic means? It's a simple answer. The same way the apostles did it. Like the apostles. That's what we're trying to be. Everybody on the same page there? We want to be like the apostles. We don't want to just be like anybody today, okay, or any Christian. We want to be, we're trying to be, to the best of our ability, like the apostles did it originally. If we're trying to be apostolic, what did the apostles do? Well, they lived by the word. That's right. First and foremost. They also live by the Spirit. They walked in it. Yes, they did. Now, if we're going to live by the Word, then we have to go by the structure that God has given. And He said, apostles, evangelists, prophets, pastors, teachers. Okay? There was a time in our movement when there were uh, men that were filling these roles, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. And these men strayed away from the doctrine of the Bible. They were teaching things that were not the Bible. Okay? And it built up a, a certain degree of, I don't know how you put it, fear, if you will, about certain offices in that scripture, particularly prophet, particularly apostle. Now, this is the ultimate thing. I, I care a lot less about whether a view of the Bible is liberal or conservative rather than if it's biblical. Amen. Okay? That's got to be our basis. Yeah. If it ain't in the Bible, I'm running away from it. Okay? And so we got to base this, what we believe, what we do, how we operate completely off of Scripture, nothing else. Yes. And we've got to minister to our world with that structure. And the word has said this five-fold ministry, those five offices. So just because somebody was human and they strayed away from the truth in some spot, not justifying that today, we need to live the truth, it does not mean that we leave the structure that God has put in place. And so there was a long time where people left that structure. They left the prophet behind, the apostle behind, in a way, and didn't really recognize that as part of the structure of God. Don't mean God still didn't bestow those gifts on anybody, because he has. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm just going to say this this morning. God has bestowed every one of those gifts in this church. Yes, he has. And this church, more than ever before, is operating in five-fold ministry. Yes, it is. Praise and that's God. why we're seeing revival. That's why we're seeing God move in such a wonderful way. Because, shocker, when you operate in the structure of God, things start happening. Yes, amen. And there's become a, a bit of a revival, particularly in Arkansas. And, and the movement as a whole is starting to recognize it. And it's... Part of, part of it is this church. There is an understanding that the fivefold ministry is instituted by God, and we're going to walk in it, see what God does. And so we have a pastor, amen, 
And he's fulfilling also this morning the role of a teacher as he teaches our discipleship class. We're having teaching out here this morning. We frequently have evangelism and the fact that we've had Brother Mark Harris come in. And we have evangelism efforts in our church. Brother Jeff Morgan has come and he's going to come again to our church speaking in evangelism and the prophetic. Yes, amen. We are sending out missionaries and supporting them and doing our own missionary work here. And we are um, being apostles in that way. We are fulfilling five-fold ministry in this church. And not only that, but some of those gifts are being grown in the people within this church. I'm not talking about evangelist Mark Harris and Jeff Moore. I'm talking about some people in this room. God is growing ministries in them. And 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 brother brother March, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw you out there for everybody for just a minute. Is that okay? He, you know, he's he's so humble. Okay. I'm just playing with Brother March, I believe, had God has grown an evangelism in him. Yeah. And God has given gifts to him to be able to reach out to people. That do not have the Holy Ghost. People who are hurting. People who are in jail. People who are on drugs. And, and God has given him this ministry to be able to do that. Folks who need God right now. That evangelism. God's grown that within him. Um, God will use a pastor as an evangelist. And our pastor will go out and preach. Last weekend I did the work of an evangelist in another church. And frequently God may use somebody, a pastor, minister, or somebody even in this room that's not in ministry in prophecy. Amen. You know what the deal is? All you've got to do is get in the spirit about as much as you can. Yes. Here, here's what you really have to do. Number one, we start at the beginning of that tabernacle and you repent and get everything out of the way. Empty yourself as a vessel for God to use. Amen. Okay. Empty out everything and then let him begin to pour in of his spirit until you're full up. And then he'll say, okay, here's a word for you to speak, brother. Here's somebody that you can go reach, sister. And he'll begin to use you in that way. There's nobody in this room, if they will put that effort forth, that is exempt from being used in the gifts. Nobody. Matter of fact, the Bible says... Now, this is a powerful scripture. Now, we're apostolic. We believe the whole Bible. Sister Betty, am I in the book? Gifts are without repentance. Yes. Yes. Amen. That's what the scripture says. Right. Before you even had the Holy Ghost, God had given you that gift, but it has to be activated by the Holy Ghost. There's got to be an emptying and a filling up. And so what we're observing is God is building up a church. In this community. And he's not just doing it. You know, there's people building churches everywhere. And, and, and this is the most churched area of the world. Right? Everybody knows about Jesus. But here's the difference that we're trying to get to. We want to get as close to the structure of Jesus as we can get. And in that, God is responding and blessing. Because You know why yes. God says, I'm going to give you a church bus? Because we're operating and faithful in what he wants us to do. That's right. Amen. If we'll just be obedient and do what God wants us to do, we're not going to have to desire.
desirable much. He'll take care of it. And so this is what we're observing. And the church is, uh, the, the actual word of the church in the Bible is ecclesia. And that's the called out ones who are living according to the Bible, Acts 2.38. We are in this room, the ecclesia. And God is using us as the called out ones in gifts. He's given talents and gifts to people in this room. And he wants you to grow to that point in maturity in the Holy Ghost to where you know how to operate in that. There are, even in our church, people who are used in prophecy in a mighty way. Amen. And I want you to understand this morning and be comfortable with this. Okay? In the Old Testament, prophets was just what there was. There wasn't really as much pastors. There was just prophets. And God would speak through the man of God. Somebody says, well, everything's going wrong and I don't know which route to take. Well, they would go to the prophet. And they would hope that God would give them a word and speak to them, tell them what they needed to do. And we think of people like Isaiah, Jeremiah, these mighty men, prophets of God. God never canceled out that office. And into the New Testament, even today, in this church, there are people that can be used in prophecy. Amen. And it should not be strange to us. That's right. It should not be. And it is, I mean, it is a powerful moment. Don't get me wrong. When God begins to speak in a mighty way, it will change the atmosphere. You feel something when it happens. And you think, my God, that we have stepped into that holy of holies right now. Yeah. And it's different, yes. But we should not be afraid. We should not be shocked. If God operates in the structure that he has designed. Right. We ought to be thankful. That's right. And Amen. when God speaks through somebody to you in this church and they begin to prophesy to you, you know what your response ought to be? It ought to be thank God. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for speaking into my life. Amen. Amen. And, and, and I know that some get worried about, well, well, I don't know, you know, whether that was really God speaking through them or not. Well, if it's a good report, right. then we thank God for it. Yeah. If it. You can tell if something's of God or not, right? That's right. And so none of these offices should scare anybody by any means. God's given them, and it's for a purpose. And he wants us to minister. And you know what ministry is? Ministry is serving. Ministry is service. And that's what we want to do. We want to serve each other. God's given you a gift to serve others. Amen. And that's what we want to do here in this church. The five-fold ministry. This is what God has bestowed upon us. It is the structure he has chosen to minister and to serve. And there is a ministry of the saints. And then there's a ministry to the saints. And we can minister to one another. God's given us that ability. Uh, I'm just going to be practical with you today. If, if we're in this altar or in the middle of a service and God is moving, I mean, the, the Spirit is moving, and you feel that all of a sudden that God begins to come on you and tell you, I want you to go pray for that person, or I want you to go speak this to that person. You don't need to be afraid. Right. This is, this is the gifts that is working, okay? What you need to do, this is what my suggestion. This is my suggestion. If you're just laying a hand on somebody... You do it the right way, go ahead and do it. If it's the first time that you have ever felt a word or something for anybody like that, this is my suggestion.
come to pastor first. Amen. Come to pastor first and tell him, this is what I'm feeling. He's going to deal with you right. He wants you to grow in the Holy Ghost. Uh, there, there's some places, some churches where the pastor's like, the whole point is like a game of whack-a-mole. He just wants to hit everybody over the head. It's not this church. Okay? Our pastor wants you to grow. And he wants you to grow in your gifts. And so if it's right, if it's right, he's going to allow you to do that. And you just go speak that to that person. Amen. You get in the Holy Ghost and make sure it's right. And you speak to that person. Do not be afraid of it. It's the gifts that's working in your life. It's exciting. This is a wonderful thing. And so there's that ministry of the saints to each other. And then there's a ministry that is to the saints. Now this is very important. We need to get this today. We've got people used in prophecy in our church. We've got people used in all sorts of gifts that, that are mentioned in the Bible. Really important. Every single person, every one of these offices, evangelist is not more important than a pastor. Prophet is not more important than an apostle. They're all equal offices to God that are necessary. However, Come on. When God has given you a pastor, we are under that pastor. That's right. Amen. God gives a shepherd. Even to a pastor, he will have a pastor. Yes. And so there's a ministry of the saints to one another, but then there's a ministry to the saints. And this is my view of it today. I'm the type of person, and my wife will tell you, I am so hard-headed when I get in my mind the, the way I think about something. It's just the way it is. And forgive me today. This isn't just the way I'm thinking about it. This is just the way it is. When our pastor gets in this pulpit, and he's got a word from God, and he begins to speak, I am more all ears than I've ever been in my life. Amen. This is why. God is, I'm, I'm ministering right now. Okay? But God has even placed me under that man to be ministered to. That's right. And there's nobody in this room that is standalone in their ministry. That's right. There is nobody. I, I just, this is just the way it is. You got to forgive me this morning. There is nobody that is, well, <clears throat> I'll use myself as an example. I'm Brother LaRue Ministries and I'm over here on my paddle boat and I'm going to minister to everybody in the waters and nobody can minister over my boat. There is no such thing in That's the kingdom right. of God. That's right. There's always somebody that we can be accountable to. There ought to be. There ought to be because we're not really effective in our ministry if there's not somebody that we can report to and say, I want to make sure that I'm right in what I'm doing. I thank God for a pastor. Yes. Amen. How about this? You need a pastor in your life. Yes. Amen. You, you, you'll benefit from a pastor in your life. Yes, you will. You thank God for that type of voice in your life. Yes. Amen. I can't tell you the amount of times that, that he's spoken into my life personally when I when I really needed it. 
And it, it's a benefit. It is not something that is hanging over your head or something you need to be afraid of. We need to thank God for the office of a pastor. Yes. Because he's watching out for you. And if, if he tells you something and, and, and he comes and he says, Brother, I feel this. This is what we need to do right now. Or this is what you need to change. You don't need to take that bad. What you need to do is thank God that there's somebody that's watching out for me and my soul and trying to make sure that I'm going to make it. God has instituted that office. And a pastor really has to be able to fulfill that role of a teacher as well. That's what he's doing again this morning and in our discipleship course. But in a church, there has to be a balance of teaching and preaching. You hear that this morning? There has to be in a church a balance of teaching and preaching. We cannot just have all knowledge of this word and then forget about the moving of the Spirit that can happen. The moving of the Spirit is to activate this word. Yes. A lot of people that have a whole lot of knowledge, man, they can quote off scriptures and they've got so much knowledge about this book, but the Spirit's not been activated in their life with that word. And so there's got to be teaching like we're having right now in this environment, but there also comes a time where there's preaching. Yes. And I know it's a funny scripture, but the Bible says God has chosen the foolishness of preaching. I said, well, if it's foolish, why are we having it? Well, it's foolish to some. That's the point of the scripture. It's foolish to some people that don't understand somebody get behind a pulpit and, and, you know, be so passionate about something, you know. But it's so effective and God-ordained. And to some it's foolish, but to others who are listening and have a hunger in their heart, it's effective in them. Amen. And they feel that prick in their heart, and it's, it's a conviction that happens, and they realize I've got to respond to that, Amen. unlike teaching. Preaching is necessary. And so in our church, you may notice we do try to keep a balance of teaching and preaching. Yes. We can we can get into a bad situation where you know all about the word. You don't know how to activate that word. We don't want that. So we, we try to the best of our ability to have both. And we have this five-fold ministry that's operating in our church because of gifts that you have, that God's bestowed upon you. Now, it's sad, it's really sad, when people allow their gifts to sit dormant inside of themselves instead of using them to achieve great things for God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. We've got gifts. Let, let me illustrate it this way. If Danny Ford, owner of Glen Saint, God bless our troops. If he decided today to give me a brand new Ford F-150, First of all, I will shout. I will shout the glory down. Amen. But if he gave me that as a gift, you think I wouldn't drive that thing? So let me tell you something. I will drive the wheels off that thing. Amen. I'll be getting an oil change every 10 miles. And... I'm going to make sure that thing's in tune, operational. I'm going to deck it out and make sure I, I look good driving that thing. You know what I mean? 
I didn't have to pay for this. This is paid off. Thank you, Jesus. All it is is insurance. Now, we value and afford F-150 today. What do you think that God places a value on a gift that he's bestowed on somebody that's eternal? That, that, that truck's going to pass away, but this gift, I'm talking about the, the effects of it and itself is going to last eternally. Right. What kind of value do you think God places on that? Okay, now, that being said, buckle your seatbelt in, okay? If he does place such a high value on that, Come on. what do you think he thinks if we don't ever use that gift? Right. Now, I established a minute ago Every person has gifts. Yeah. Everybody has gifts. In order to operate in those gifts, it takes the Holy Ghost. Amen. So if we don't ever operate in them, I think we probably have a disappointed God. I'm just being real with you today. I'm going to come down right where you're at. You have gifts that God has desired for you to use. And we have to today rebuke the spirit of dormant Holy Ghost. Come on. I believe I'll say that again. Amen. We have to rebuke the spirit of dormant Holy Ghost in our lives. Amen. If you've got the Holy Ghost this morning, God doesn't give anything that he does not have a purpose for. He desires for you to be used in that. He wants that Holy Ghost to take more than just a badge where you can say, well, I got it, and I punched my ticket to heaven. He wants it to be activated. Behold, I will give you power. Isn't that what it says? Yeah. To do what? To become witnesses. To minister. And I'm going to have you go into Jerusalem, Judea, all the uttermost parts of the earth, and do these exploits through my spirit, I'm going to give you power. He's given power today to people in this church. Why in the world would we leave that sitting behind to just drift Amen. away when we pass away from this life? Something that's eternal. You're going to drive that truck. Why don't you use that gift, brother? Amen. God has given it. Bestowed it for a purpose. There's hungry hearts and souls that are around us that desire somebody with some, something more than just, just a life in this world, but a gift from God to come and reach out to them and to do something, to, to speak something, say something that's going to change them. And we have to revive within us the Holy Ghost. That's why we come to church, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we pray. We are a praying church. Because we are not going to have dormant Holy Ghost when there's people in need out here. That's right. We have to have it refreshed. We've got to have it renewed. And we've got to start at the beginning of that tabernacle and get to the other side and get refilled in the Holy Ghost so that we can go out and minister to people. Yes, Lord. And when they come in, be an encouragement to them too. Jesus expects us to operate in the gifts 
And he's got people here today. I want you to look and, and pay attention even this morning in this service. How you feel at certain points when the spirit begins to move. It may be a, a, a revealing sign of what gift God may have placed in your life. If you have this desire. Somebody comes up to the front and they're sick and they're asking for prayer. And you, you, you feel this desire within you that you need to go pray with them. You need to go, you need to uh, uh, be a part of this praying for healing. It may be, there, there is a gift of healing. Amen. There is a gift of healing. And I won't make no bones about it today. I, I'll be honest with you. There is charlatan people out there today that do not have the gift of healing. That are going out and, you know, Praise God, lay your hands on the television and, and send in this amount of money and, you know, whatever. What I'm going to tell you is this, the Holy Ghost is real and it can heal somebody. Yes, it can. God never changed that. People get healed in the New Testament. This is the New Testament. Amen. God will heal somebody today. And it's through the operation of the Spirit. You feel that it could be that God wants to use you in that gift. It could be that we've got Sunday school teachers. God is using them in the gift of teaching. I don't know what it is necessarily that God has bestowed upon you, but pay attention to it. God has a plan for everybody in this church. He wants you to grow. And I want to get past just that point where it's like, you know, you get filled up so much in the spirit the first time, and it's like, well, I've arrived. Well, you've arrived on the bus for the trip. That's it. And we're going someplace. Yes, amen. And what, what has just fell on you is not something that's carry-on, okay? It's something you need in your hand, in the seat with you. So when we stop off somewhere, you can use it and touch somebody. That's right. Amen. And that's, we're on a bus here today, okay? We are headed somewhere. Does anybody feel like we're headed somewhere? Yes, Lord. Amen. Hey. Just to me, I don't know about you, but every service we have, it feels like we're moving on a little bit further here lately. And I want to have that in my hand to be able to use it when the time comes, Brother Mark. Yes, Lord. He's bestowed gifts upon you. Amen. I remember one of the first times that God ever used me in, in such a gift. We were in Sykeston at a conference, and there was all of a sudden, it became like an upper room. In this place we're in with a bunch of other people. And God just began to fall on that place. And everybody was so in tune with the Spirit. And, and there, there wasn't anybody that was like on Facebook or something at that moment. Everybody in that room was praying in tune with God. And when that happens, you, you're getting ready to see something, okay? Yes. And I felt all of a sudden it was like gifts were loosed. People began prophesying. And uh, speaking healing over people. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God gave me a word for a guy that was across the room that I had never met in my life. And I looked at Kirsten and I said, I don't know what this is about. I don't know their family situation, but this is what God's given me to say. I'm about to go say it. I was a little bit weary of it. But as I went over to that young man and I laid my hand on his shoulder, he was praying down in the altar. I laid my hand on his shoulder and I leaned over 
close to him and I just began speaking what I felt God gave me. I didn't know anything about this man, nothing about him. And I began saying that and he began to break as he felt that what I was saying, it was just of God. You ever come to church and hear a message that's like God's reading your mail? Amen. The guy speaking didn't know anything about all that. But it's a gift that God is using to minister. And it's not just for the pastors. It's not just for the preachers or necessarily just any one of those offices. God wants to use you in that. There's been times where I've been in an altar at Arkansas Youth Camp praying for young people. And the wildest thing will happen. I'll go through and begin praying for them. And, and it's like sardines in that place. You, sometimes you can't hardly get around. You just do what you can. Praying for young people. There's so many of them. And I will walk up to one of them. And it's, it's, it's amazing. I'll begin to lay my hand on them, begin to pray for them. And all of a sudden, it's like God will show me, here's what they're dealing with. Talk to them. I can't explain that other than it's a gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift of the Holy Ghost. And it's for everybody. It's for every person. It's not exclusive to just the people that's been living for God 15 years. God has gifts that He wants to use. He wants you to operate in in this church. And all this that we're seeing lately, the five-fold ministry, the, the, the small amount really of gifts that we're seeing used is just the beginning. Yes. Amen. You hear me? It's just the beginning. And the overflow of revival that God desires that He is going to do, rest assured, is going to be because there's some saints that are in this room, even right now, that have said, you know what? I'm going to grow into that gift in God. Would you stand with me this morning? I feel that perhaps God has called out somebody in this room and you felt you have felt that gift. You felt a calling of God saying, I, I want to use you. I want, I want you to operate in this. I need you for my kingdom. Because th this is what this is really about. It's not about, well, sister, brother so-and-so has this gift. Isn't that cool? It ain't about that. It's about the kingdom of God. Building up of the kingdom of God every time that that is done. Now, let me just ask how many in this room want to see God's kingdom advance? You want to see the kingdom advance more than your kingdom? Come on. More than your house, your estate, more than what you're going to pass on to your kids? You want to see the kingdom of God grow? I know no better way for us to take part in that than to say, God, use me in the gifts you've given me. I may not have much. I may not be able to speak publicly or teach. I may not be able to carry a tune in a bucket. But I've still got a gift of some kind. And the Spirit of God calls out and says, use your gifts today. Use your gifts. I wish you'd just lift your hands for a moment right now. Lift your hands toward heaven. I want you to talk to God 
and, and be honest today. Be real with God and say, Lord, whatever it is you have placed upon my life, whatever gift it is that you have given and bestowed on me, Lord, I want to operate in it. God, I want to see your kingdom advanced. I want to see...